It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, we are back with another edition of the Flow Track Podcast. This time to recap the New York Grand Prix meet, which just wrapped. Hopefully, most of you got to watch it. If you're listening later, hopefully you caught up so that way you know what exactly it is we are talking about. We're on what day five of our six day streak of consecutive podcasts, basically trying to get in shape for when we attempt to do this at USA's or at World Championships. It's it's our last little go round too, Gordon, before the hay is in the barn and we rest up for the championship part of the season. That's right. We still have a podcast tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Be there. Mm-hmm. Talk about stuff we forgot to talk about over the past four days. But I want to start mm-hmm. the podcast with this question. Typically, mm-hmm. going into a podcast, we can kind of think about what the lead topic is going to be. You know, you kind of know that like Abby Steiner, that women's 200 was going to lead the NCA women's recap on the men's yeah. side. We knew it was going to be one of the sprinters, Fambula notably, right? Who had Devin Allen running 1284 <laughs> yeah. in the first race of the meet being the lead story before the race started? Like, did, did anyone think Devin Allen was about to put on something incredible like that to like no. lead all shows? No, that's a great point. I thought we had had our fill of high hurdle news this weekend i mean i thought hollow would win i thought it'd be a quick time and that would be that i mean alan's been running really well but 1284 number three in history beats holloway by a considerable margin sometimes you see the fast time and then sometimes you see the big victory and they happen in different places at different times alan combined two into one here he got the amazing time and he did it while beating the best guy in the world by a sizable margin. I mean, 1284, his best before this was 1299. And I knew he had a good shot at running quickly this year. He had mentioned, I'm going to go to the NFL. But first, right, what do you want to do? He had two goals this year, world record and world champion. And we all thought, oh, that would be crazy because that means you've got to beat Grant Holloway and you have to run faster than anybody else in history. Maybe he was on to something, Gordon. Maybe he knew something we didn't. Maybe that Eagles yeah. contract spurred him on here because, again, no guarantees. I mean, what, Grant ran, what, 1281 at semis uh, USAs? And then yeah. n- never ran faster. So you never know when the fast time is going to come. But he's, it's not a ridiculous conversation because he got the win and he got the fast time. Yeah, it's beyond ridiculous. It's like it's a completely normal thing. I mean, even though Grant Holloway, you could, I would say, is the best hurdler in the world, Grant Holloway has shown that he can lose. He lost at the Olympic final, right? He, mm-hmm. That's really his only loss, and he just lost today. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't lose that often, but there's nothing perfect about Grant. He does have flaws. 
he's great. He's one of the all-time greats, but he has flaws. And if you are going to be in 1280 shape, 1280, 1290 fitness, that is enough Mm -hmm. to beat Grant Holloway. And now we're seeing Devin Allen not just be a fringe 13 flat low guy, but now being, hey, I can break 13, but I can just smash it. I can run 1284. I mean, I don't even think he thought. I mean, he he said he wanted to break the world record, so I guess he did think this. He he did think that. He literally said he wanted it. it. Which is kind of crazy yeah. to think that when your PR is twelve ninety nine and you say I'm going to run twelve seventy nine a right. year later, it's kind of crazy. But he said twelve eighty four. That's very close. And the way he's running, he's been being consistent. He's been looking good. He's been healthy. He has ultimate motivation because he kind of has that like I want to end, you know, exactly, this yeah. season yep. in Eugene on my home track, my home college track, and then. Two yep. days later, fly to Philly for OTAs to represent the Eagles. I'm wearing a Fly Eagles Fly hat in solidarity with my boy Devin Allen as a big Eagles fan. I hope he makes the team now because, ooh, <laughs> obviously he's going to make the U.S. team, but I hope he makes the, the Eagles 53-man roster because, man, 1284. Whew, that's quick. When's the last time Holloway lost by that much? I mean, maybe in that 2019 season, but when he lost to – Parchment in the Olympics. It was right at the line. He got a good start. It's just Allen flew by him on the second half of the race. Uh, I looked it up. Seven and two all time. All over Allen. And he's won the last seven. Going back to the beginning of 18. Allen won in 17. Allen won in 18. And then 19 on. It's been all Holloway. Which is what you'd expect based on how well Grant Holloway has run during that time. But yeah. This one stunned me. Both in terms of time. And the margin of victory. We talk about that margin of victory. You could argue that maybe Holloway is a little rusty. We've talked about this. He hasn't been running a lot. He, sure. he pulled out sure. of the Bermuda meet. He just isn't on the same flow that he was on during indoors. But even if Holloway had a good race and runs 12.95, which is probably what yeah. you would expect from yeah. a Grant Holloway, he's still going to get beat. Like this was yeah. not a Holloway bad race, therefore Allen won. Even if Holloway had a great race, Allen is winning this race. No, you're 100% right, which is why I thought it was notable that he checked both of those boxes. Because if Holloway isn't in the race and he still runs 84, people have been like, well, what would happen if Holloway was in that race? Must have been fast conditions. Could Holloway, could he have broken the world record in that race? And if it was running, you know, 13 2, 13 3, what would we say? Oh, Grant's got the bye. He'll be ready when it's time. He's not sharp yet. But you can't say either of those things because Allen just went out and dominated this race and ran faster than he ever had. I think you talked about before of just it being his last season. And I talked about that before, just the pressure being off. It's like, let me just go for it. I'm starting this new career in a little bit. My last season of track, I might as well have some fun and just go for it. I'm going to put these big goals out there. If I don't get them, who cares? I'm about to be in the NFL. Like those problems are way bigger than whatever problems I'll have in track. And and I think part of that might be what, what's going on here. I mean, he looked good early in the season. A lot of 13 lows, very consistent. Indoors looked pretty good. Wasn't great indoors, but was really solid. And now, man, I mean, how bummed are you? Well, as an Eagles fan, you're going to be stoked. But like, how bummed are you going to be if he actually does this and then he walks away from track? Like he runs 1281 or something. 
or 12 or gets it runs 1279 it's like yep see you guys i mean i don't think he would walk away because i think he would try to make the team i mean no one is hurtling in november on thanksgiving weekend in the nfl right no one is hurtling yeah, yeah. really much even in the playoffs like the football season is basically the polar opposite of the track season so mm-hmm. if he goes out there and breaks a world record and wins a world title and then goes plays football, I think he basically would only come back to track if it's worth it. Like if football is not right, going perfectly right. or if it's perfect, like marketing opportunities, because then he's now he's an NFL player in the Diamond League mm-hmm. circuit, more sponsorship. Like, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to just do whatever is best for the situation that presents itself as we see how July unfolds and ultimately his first year as potentially being a football player unfolds. Well, since he's on the Eagles, that probably means what? January, he won't be doing anything. Even late December. When's the last game? Oh, they're going to be playing into February. You guys won't be be playing. He's going to be be busy all the way to like mid-February. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl. (laughs) It's going to be a long season. He'll have have plenty of time to, to focus back on track. He's having a good full indoor season. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I just, I just interpret it as like if he makes the roster, it's like the focus is going to be on football, and he'll feel like I've achieved everything I can. Tra- I've done this track thing. I'm going to stay locked in. All right, you'll be ready to go February 13th, 2023, <laughs> because February 12th, 2023 is the date of the Super Bowl. February 13th, mark your calendars. The debut of yeah. Devin Allen's 2023 track season. It'll be a Monday. All right, let's talk. Let's switch. Let's switch over to Lyles. 1961, last race of the meet. That's his third fastest time ever. Gordon. This men's 200 is getting very serious now. We saw the 1949 from Knighton. This was the response. I mean, the field around Lyles wasn't like the field, or isn't like the field he's going to see at USA's. <laughs> but this was vintage Lyles. Yeah. Vintage Lyles, he's showing consistency, which is good. And um, when you're running 19.6, you think a nine, like as great as 19.49 is, you can mm-hmm. imagine a runner who is running 19.6s low can beat a 19.49 guy on any given day because yeah. right, right, right. once you're in that range, the, the, the magnitude of the event – Anything can happen. You're in within the plus minus air of being able to like Knighton isn't a different tier right now. He's in the same tier as Lyles. They're still together in the mm-hmm. same tier. But this is what I was thinking about this event. The two hundred, very interesting event. Not as interesting as the men's hundred, because I think there's more guys in the men's hundred, but the men's two hundred is a lot more limited on who can actually win gold. But if you're Noah Lyles, you just run nineteen sixty one. Yeah. USA's is in two weeks. What is Noah Lyle's USA plan, knowing that he has the buy in the 200? Does he even run the rounds of the 200? Does he just do the 100? What, now that you see his regular season, he ended yeah. with the 1961 in New York. What is his race plan at USA's? All right. So there's a couple diamond leagues between now and then. So if your plan is to do that, I, don't, I haven't seen his whole schedule. I don't think he's going to go over there, but I'm not sure. I could see that. Do a Diamond League, then come back, just run around. 
run the hundred just to because you have to show up and that's it. Yeah, I think he'll run. I think he'll run the hundred. I don't know if he'll go to the all the way to the final. Now, psychologically, what would be interesting would be for him to run the two hundred and win it, and win it running fast, and saying I didn't need to be here, and I still beat all you guys. That would be an interesting play, but knowing what we know about track and field, knowing the cautious nature of the sport, the risk of injuries, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be surprised if we saw him in a final in either one of those two events. I can see him doing the final in the hundred because you want to be on the four by one. Right? No, you don't think that's going to be important. To him? I think you want to be health. I think you want to be healthy more. And also that's just going to be a tough hundred final to make. I mean, he, he, I mean, he ran, he ran near Coleman and in pre, so he's obviously, he's no slouch. He can make that final, but you know, what's his mentality, right? Is his mentality, I'm gonna try to make the hundred team too. I guess that's the question. Or is it, is. I'm, I'm running the hundred just because I, I, I need to do something at this meet, right? Yeah. Cause I think you that, have to do something. You have to do at least one round. Right. And I think that matters if you're just out there running, if you're out there running to run against athletes who are this is their whole season is on the line it's tough to match that intensity hear me out i think him going all in on the 200 usas is the best plan because i think both scenarios result in a competitive advantage if he goes out runs a 200 wins mm. that scenario is great because it's like yo knighton it's not your time that boy like i got you i have your number you're screwed. This is this is my year. Confidence booming, self confidence. He's going to go in and be like, "I'm ready to run 19.4 in the in the, the world final." He goes into USA's and loses to Knighton. Then he can be like, uh, "Let the kid have his little victory. Let him think he's a new guy on top. Let him think this is the race that matters." Little does he know, I'm peaking for worlds. I'm going to have the last laugh and have the victory. You know, kind of look at. The, and CAAs, Favor of Philly, destroys Abby Steiner at SECs a month mm-hmm. later. Abby Steiner's having the last laugh Uh-oh. and destroying. I knew we were going to get back to that. That's, you could have just gone I mean, straight to that if that's what you wanted to bring up. You didn't need to do the whole prologue here. Thomas in the oh, chat well. says, he says, didn't you hear what he said to Lewis Johnson? He said he was just going to run the 200. I actually didn't hear that because that was the last event and I turned it off to prep for the pod. So I yes. did miss that interview. Yeah. So there you go. 200. No 100. So he did the math, did the calculus. Yeah, he has to run something. He had to run. He has to run something. That's why. That's the rule. I mean, he could run the four hundred or whatever, right? Like, there's no. He can do a shot put, right? Well, do you have to qualify though? He had to qualify. That's true. So I guess he could put him in the race walk. Yeah, but he 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 could literally fall start on the first race and then meet his obligation if he doesn't want to run. They should have all the runners who have buys to worlds, whether they're the Diamond League champion or the defending world champion, they should get all those runners together and then they should have them play like a, a competition, like like some playground competition to see like, some, like it's like the, a meet of champions. It's a meet of all the people with buys. So you have like Coleman, you have Lyles, you have Kendall Williams from the heptathlon, you have Sandy Morris, you have, all, all the greats 
and they're just doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or like playing, playing like or five on five basketball or bags no, or horseshoes or something. I think that, darts. What if they just work? What if they just have them work the merch tent? You don't have to run, but you got to work the merch tent. You got to put in your hours. Short staffed. Yeah, <laughs> you give us like three hours of your time. It's up to you. It's up to you. You can choose either way. Um, how good are you at selling T-shirts? Let's go to the women's side of things. Women's one and the women's two. Aaliyah Hobbs takes the women's 100, 1083. It's a PB, a PB that was five years old for her. So big race, fast conditions there today. A lot of fast times. Richardson, 10.85. Tiana Daniels, getting in that Tiana Daniels zone, 10.99 as we get closer to USA's. Hobbs has run some fast times this year, so I'm not surprised. Remember that Richardson debut race when the weather was terrible, right? Hobbs yeah. won that one in, in Florida. I mean, the first one. They did like a first round, and then everybody came back for the second one. But remember, Hobbs won that one. Um, so she's a proven you know, 10-8 runner. So I thought it was a good run for her. Richardson gets runner-up again, but then comes back and wins the – wins the 200, which I thought with that competition, I thought that was a, a solid win for her. Like we've seen how fast Tamara Clark um, has been this year. I mean, the time wasn't anything unreal, 22:38. but again, I, another productive weekend, I would say for Richardson. And she talked to the media afterwards. seemed like she was in a good spirits. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the competition, beating Tamara Clark is a good win. She's also had like strong, like, Think of like NCAA basketball terminology, like a good loss or whatever. She she only has good losses. She hasn't really lost to anyone that at that level you're not supposed to lose to. The way she, you know, finished ninth at Prefontaine last year. Like that's not mm-hmm. what yeah. she should be doing, getting last in a race like that. But she's lost to yeah. Elaine Thompson Ara and Aaliyah yeah. Hobbs. Right? That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Terry. Has she lost to Tony Terry? Maybe this I, year? Yeah, I think in that. Yeah, I think in that first that first meet she got like fourth. Okay. So I think yeah, she, she lost she to behind. Lucia Terry. Yeah. But the consistency is there, which is such a key facet of a professional track athlete's career and their success or failure. You contrast it with you know, pre-pandemic, right? And you get the uh, 1075 at NCAAs and then not making the team at USAs. And I think at the 200, I don't think she'd make the, the final by the time we got to that race. So, yeah, is it the 10 sevens? Isn't the, is it the crazy times, the all-time marks? No, but she keeps doing what she needs to do to get on the team, which I've said since the get-go. Like, to me, that was the measure of success was just get on the, get on the team, you know, make that step to get on the team, make the final, and then I think all the pressure then shifts over to Fraser Price and Thompson, hurrah. What did you think of her outfit? Oh, I'm not a, I'm not the fashion person. I mean, fishnets, right? I, I like how she's mixing it up every single meet. I mean, anybody who's done any deep dives, the, the history of like Flojo, like kind of reminds me of that, like the out, the new outfit every single week, just sort of like pushing the bounds. I thought like, when I first saw it, I was like, is that going to make it difficult for her to pump her arms when she's running? But then once she yeah. started going, it didn't. There's definitely, 
I mean, you oh, can put up the outfit. I put a photo of the outfit in the uh, in the um, run a show, so you can see it better. There's definitely a more uh, aerodynamic thing to wear. I just remember. I think it's funny because remember was it last Olympics or 16 when Nike came up with like the crazy speed suits with the little like the teeth on them that were like arrow blades or whatever they called them. Like this is going to make them even faster, right? And then now you have people. Uh, racing like this. So I just think it's interesting. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see if she does it at, at USA's. Well, they, won't they have, like, uniform rules? They might try to, like, oh, okay. mute her oh. pizzazz in a way, which would be stupid. Listen, like, whatever. If you want to run with yeah. it, run with it. Yeah, You're, no, I, I, yes, I It's agree. not affecting anyone it's else. Cool. Yeah. We can't, but we I can't, did, like, I, people... People always complain everybody's in the same outfit. Well, then you can't complain when someone, like, has a unique outfit. I think it's yeah. great. I did think, though, it looked like it wasn't comfortable. Like, it looked like either, like, helped her arm go back and forth like this because it wasn't, like, attached like a full arm sleeve. It was, like, hanging. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if that was, like, either, like, keeping her body locked in into a good back and forth this way or if it was a hindrance. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think I that did notice, affected her time at all in a good or negative way? Listen, I know less about how fashion impacts sprinting than probably the the average person. Uh, if it made her feel comfortable and good, I think it helped. Um, I did notice. Did you see in the replay how she? There was a point in the race when she went from like one side of the lane to the other. Like she definitely drifted at some point. Like her rhythm got broke or something like that. I don't know if it would have been. Uh, I don't know if it was the defining part of the race because Aaliyah Hobbs at the end there had like a little bit of an issue as well too but I thought there was a little bit of time lost there but this women's 100 team's gonna be hard to pick I mean do you feel better about Richardson like who do you feel the best about in the U.S. making the team is it Richardson yeah Richardson's my number one Aaliyah Hobbs number two and then three I probably Tiana Daniels let's be honest put Tiana Daniels on the team um yeah i mean so you're going with richardson again she's been consistent and yeah you have a loss here but it's, it's a good loss she still ran fast it's just yeah. one race without rounds you can't really take much from it so um i think it shows that Aaliyah hobbs is making the team but it doesn't show that shakari richardson is not if that makes any sense it doesn't show that Aaliyah hobbs is making the team but it doesn't show that shakari richardson is not no, it shows that Aaliyah Hobbs is making the team. Oh, is making the team. Okay. But it doesn't show that Shakari is not. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a triple negative. It works out in my head. Yeah. It works out yeah. somewhere up here. They're both making the team is what I'm trying to say. As for the order, gun to my head, I'll pick Shakari, But hey, yeah. also Aaliyah clearly can win because we literally just saw her win by .02. So. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, Terry's been Terry's been running well though too. In there, I I, I think it's be very I think it's very going to be very competitive, but that's where the consistency part comes in. And for Richardson, does she have the highest ceiling of anybody in this group? Probably because we've seen how fast she can go, but her floor this year has also been raised up a bit. Like she's settling nicely into this into this little groove. And again, with each race, just getting out there and doing it again, I think it makes the expectations more realistic. I mean, it got, it got crazy by trials. Like people were just talking about the world record in the Olympic trials last year. 
Do you remember that? It, yeah. it, things changed so quickly. Things went from, oh man, maybe she can be uh, in contention for like a gold to like, is she the greatest sprinter of all time? Like it just took off instantly. And then obviously it changed so dramatically, not just with what happened to her, but the rise of Thompson Harrod and Fraser Price. So I think the you know the reason that happened, getting, right? Because she got suspended? No. Why everyone thought she was going to break the world record? It's because she, she, ran ten, ran ten she was a vessel for bringing in a large sum of non-track educated fans, which is a great thing. But people who don't really understand how fast Flojo actually was. Yeah, but track I, people were saying that too, weren't they? No, they I have, no, from, track I have a memory of it. It was, it was fringe. I love Shakari. She's the best right now. She keeps dominating all the races. She gets faster mm-hmm. and faster and faster. A linear line just goes this way, so she's going to break the world record. I think that was the real okay. loud thought of world record. It was from new fans being like, oh, my goodness. I've never seen someone this fast. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. World record, you know. The, the same way we always think Michael Phelps is going to break a world record every time. I know nothing about what it takes to break a world record in swimming, but I'll just assume, oh, you're the best guy. You're probably going to break a world record. You know, yeah. that's what we in sports we don't pay attention to. All right, let's jump over to the men's 100. Coleman, 992. Akeem Blake of Jamaica, 9.95. I thought that there was two stories in this race because Blake ran so well. But we'll start first with Coleman. Got the win. It was quite close. He seemed happy about it after. Where do you put him now? In the Now, he's another guy who has the buy. Are you worried? Concern for golden, uh, Coleman's like gold medal hopes? Yeah, I'm worried for his gold medal hopes. I'm not worried for his medal hopes, but I am worried for his gold medal hopes. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not looking as dominant as I think he can be. He almost lost, which could also just be not really a negative about Coleman, but a positive about Akeem Blake. Akeem Blake, yeah. break. Akeem Blake with a Blake. breakthrough performance here, 995. He almost had him. I thought I thought there was a moment yeah. when Blake was going to get him, which would have been wild one for our chat because you know we love our Jamaican fans out there. They would have loved to have a win over Christian Coleman. We would not hear the end of it. So I was kind of hoping actually Blake would have won because then it would have been fun to kind of have mm-hmm. that back and forth. But Coleman is Coleman. He's the world defending champion for a reason. It makes sense that he won this race. So Blake actually ran 992 in Tennessee last week, but it was under protest. So the 995 counts as a PB. He's only 20. His PB coming into the season was 10.35. 10.35. And now he's been under He's been under 10 twice. Yeah, you look at his outdoor results. Scroll down in there, Colt. Yeah, that DQ, it's still listed on some stat services um, as a 9. 9-2. So, if you just count, I mean, he ran that time. He just was, he just false started before and then ran under protest. So, he's running 992. He's running 995. He's run what? Two 1010s and one 1010. And like I said, going into the year, he hadn't broken 1035. And now he's going toe to toe with Christian Coleman. So, here's a question right. for you. It could, it, it could be a combination of two things. It could be this could be another guy. This could be a legit guy, legit contender, 
or Jamaica, or it could be, you know, and it could also be Coleman, not quite yet at the level um, that we saw him at in 19. If someone would have run the world record under protest, would you call it a world record? If Akeem Blake, if Akeem Blake in Nashville had the false start, oh, wanted to oh. run on a protest, instead of running 992, he runs like 9-5, no, no, no. would you call that the world record? No, what would we I do? Because he did run it. We, it's not we, like... We, yeah, he ran it, but he didn't. The problem is, why are we running under protests in the year 2022? No one has ever been able to identify, to me, clearly, what that means. I have no clue. I still don't know. Did they fall start or didn't they? If they didn't, then you're all good. If you did and you're following the rules, you shouldn't be able to run. And why can you run under protest in some races and not others? Because if you're allowed to do it in every meet, why don't you do it in every single meet? Why isn't there a protest every single time there's any sort of false start? I never understand that. But that's it. We've been we've been down this road before. So I yeah, it wouldn't count. I would hope then they would run it at a time where they are not false starting. But yeah, I mean, I want to see the Jamaican trials are gonna be interesting to me. Akeem Blake, Oblique Seville, Johan Blake. Johan. Johan. It's pretty exciting. He's he's running, he's winning low tier races or getting second he's, in low tier races. Uh have you seen the Jamaican descending order list? Yeah, but Johan Blake is not a world championship factor guy anymore. Like Blake to make the you, team. I'm talking about making okay, the to team. To make the team, yes. To make the team. That's yes, exactly but, what I said. I said I said the Jamaican trials are going to be interesting. I did not say anything about the world champion. I'm looking up the Jamaican list here. Um this is me scrolling and we have Seville 86, Blake 85, Johan Blake 05. Then Rashid Dwyer, 10-14. The fourth fastest guy this year has run 10-14. Let's do a, a, a Blake's quick... Blake's the favorite. Shout out Colt, by the way, for getting that up there that quickly. Let, let's Nobody do... navigates the World Athletics page quite like Colt. All right, we're doing a, a, a quick draft right now. We're going to draft mm-hmm. um, our best Jamaican male sprinters. Who do you think will finish highest at... The world championship level, not at trials. No, let's say at trials. Say at trials. Ugh. Who gets first pick? Go ahead. What do, I don't understand. I will first pick. If... I will go with Akeem Blake. That's what I'm trying to get at. I would pick Akeem Blake as the trials favorite. Guess what the fastest the Jamaican men's 200 is this year? It's not fast. This can't be real. Hold on. Maybe there's a windy Holy... time that is not. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. The fastest Jamaican time with five weeks sure. left before Worlds is 2043. Kind of ruined the game yeah. you're supposed to guess. But yeah, that's the correct answer. Sorry. What's going on, man? And the, all right. Anyway, uh, so you're taking Blake well, over Seville. Yeah, I'm taking Are we I'll just choosing Akeem Blake? Let's just choose up sides. Let's arbitrarily choose up sides. You be on team Akeem Blake. I'll be on team of Blake Seville. Let's just do okay. that. I'm in. All right. I'm in. Again, haven't seen haven't seen much uh, from Seville post nineteen eighty. Uh, was eighty six? Yeah. So 
Okay, I'm I'm willing to ride with Team Blake. You're riding with Seville for these next five mm-hmm. weeks. What does the winner get? We need, uh, we need an all stakes. expense paid trip to Jamaica, paid for by the other person. But if I win, I can't leave my family, so you have to pay for all five of us to go to Jamaica. If you win, I just pay for okay. you to go to Jamaica. Deal. Hold on, hold on. No. <laughs> I will pay Fair. for the other four members of your family if Seville wins gold, wins worlds. All right. In the chat, someone said Seville is mad inconsistent. I don't care. He's my guy. I'm rolling with him. Let's go oblique. Exactly. That's why I got Akeem Gordon's, Blake. Gordon's Akeem sending Blake. me to Jamaica. This is amazing. My family's right. going to love we'll this. See. We'll see if it happens. We'll see. Wait, I'm not. Wait, and then if Blake wins, what? What am I getting you? Taking out to lunch? You're, you're, no, you're taking. You're. I'm going. You're taking me to Jamaica. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, if man. either of our guys wins, we send the other person to Jamaica. Someone says Seville works. will do a 10:72 soon. Wait, is he mean 9:72? Uh, I don't know if I'd like in the chat here anymore. Oh, wait, hold Yes, I'm reading. I should have read the chat before people, people are bringing up his high school performances now too. Uh, I'm rolling with it. I like it. Cause people try to make this like a U.S. versus Jamaica thing. When you and I are just like, no, oh, we just want to see good track. So let's just, let's pick up, pick the two Jamaican stars. How much older is Seville? Cause Blake is only 20. We bring up the, they're a year apart, a year apart. Oh, okay. So pretty fair. This is fair. Yeah. 20 and 21. And then if we're at Worlds and Oblique Seville is there, you're just, I'm going to break all of the decorum rules about media not cheering in, in the mix zone. That's fair. Like, and I will do the be, same for Akeem Blake. I have a Jamaica shirt and I'm, I'm going to win it. So it's only if the person wins. We're not betting on Jamaican champ trials. We're just be- no, betting no, no. on no. gold. We're betting on world champs. So this is going to be five weeks of trash talk of Team Akeem Blake versus Team Oblique Seville. Dude, I'm loving this. I believe Blake's already run sub-10 twice. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm looking good. No, team. dude. No, 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 no. I like the ceiling here. We got, we got a lot going for us on Team Oblique You Seville. may have a ceiling, but your basement is a dungeon. So That's okay. You, we got to win. You got to be careful. We're taking big, we're taking big swings out here. On Team Seville, mm-hmm. Team Oblique. Okay. So get in line. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We're already five minutes over. What we're going to say? Oh, what was your uh, most disappointing scratch? Sydney, Knighton, Gabby Thomas. Although hers was, I think hers was a little earlier in the week. Um, who else scratched? I mean, Rob Benjamin scratched pretty early, though. I, f- I feel Probably like it's between Knighton. Sydney or Knighton. Knighton. Yeah. Sydney has an excuse. It's like, You've done everything. You're the world record holder. You ran 51 seconds on a side meet. Like, it's okay. And she yeah. wasn't going to run her main event anyway. Knighton, though, it would have been nice to see Knighton versus Lyles. Now seeing that Lyles ran 19-6. Yeah. Then what if? What would happen if Knighton was in that race? Does Knighton win it? Does Lyles have to yeah. go even faster? Like, what could have happened? So I, I guess Knighton is the most disappointing. Because we haven't seen him since... When's the last time Knighton's run? It's been a while, right? Um, 
Has he has he run he pre? Has he run since pre? Okay, he's run pre. That's true. He ran pre. But he hasn't run a he he's run only a, run one two hundred this year. Yeah. And it was April, so he's not gonna be over raced. Uh I see I'll make the argument though on the Sydney side of things. This was a good chance for us to see her in like a serious ish four hundred, an open four when we know she was in super duper shape because it wasn't a rust buster. She just ran 51-61. Yeah. Which, by the way, Colt, bring up the results for the women's quarter from this race. If you could, that's women's 400, which was won by Lena Irby. What was the winning time for the women's 400? 51-38. So I feel pretty good about Sydney winning that because she just ran 51-6 with hurdles in the way. But still, <laughs> but still, she's in shape. And it, it, it would have been cool to actually just see it, just get a time associated with it. I thought she would for sure go under 51. Um, I want to say, talking about scratches, just go back to Knighton. I think there might be a mini, just a tiny bit cause of concern. Because you look at his season, he's, run, he's only run four 100s. Two of them are at the same meet, so really three 100s. None of them are really that quick. Obviously, he has the incredible 1949, but that's it. He's had six whole months in the year of 2022 to put together yeah. some results, and he only has given us one amazing result in those six months. And it's kind of crazy, just a guy with one amazing result we're penciling in as the guy. Meanwhile, Nora Lyles runs 19.6 after running a few other events, so. It's a yeah. I, it's a mini flag. I'm not worried. Mini red flag. I'm not. I'm not worried about Knighton. I think he's fine. I think he'll be fine. Um, these 800s. Ajay Wilson ran too flat. Don't care. I think the women's eight. I think the women's eight is pretty easy to figure out on the. Like I would be surprised if it's not Mo Rogers and Wilson in some order. Like I feel just like yeah. that event has really. It looked like it could be a bit confusing. It's really clarified. And on the men's yeah. side, Bryce Oppel, well-timed kick uh, in the 800, but does not break 145, 145.07. Lopez looked like he was going to have it there. Hopple outkicked the kicker in that one. And then shout out Eric Sawinski, who's just doing his thing as a rabbit, making some money, hops in this thing. runs. They mentioned he was going to rabbit uh, like a B section <laughs> later. He gets third, runs 145, beats two guys who made the team last year for the U.S. in Murphy and Jewett. Now, Jewett went for it, though. Jewett did the thing that you wanted somebody to do yeah. much every major 800, which is just go for it. But it didn't work, and he got sixth. I will say this. This was a very classic Clayton Murphy-type race. Murphy's really good at having these weird, disappointing results. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, or two weeks later, in this case, probably two weeks, you go on and have an incredible result. I remember Clayton Murphy before the Olympic trials did not look like a 143 runner at mm -hmm. all. And then he right. goes to the Olympic trials, gets through the first two rounds, and then boom, 143. And it's like, all right. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of Nick Simmons. Nick Simmons was really good at giving us hot and cold races. He'd be, he'd be cold at these random like Portland track festivals here or there or whatever, a low level continental tour type race. But then when it came to, a U.S. championship 
or going through rounds at Worlds, he would show up. And I feel like that's what we get mm-hmm. from Clayton. So this like, whoa, what happened to Clayton? I think it's Clayton's like, whatever. No one cares yeah. about your result at this meet. They care about trial. He's even said this publicly on the internet. All that matters is how you perform in the 800-meter final at USA's and at Worlds. So um, mm-hmm. I still think Clayton Murphy's the favorite, even after watching him get beat. That was my takeaway. For, for USA's, yeah. For USA's, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like Hopple too. I mean, Hopple's been – I mean, he, he's had some up-and-down races, not nearly as wide of a fluctuation, yeah. but – this was solid, and if it's going to take 145 low to win, I think he can do that. We still haven't seen Brazier since since Doha. All right, we'll leave it there. The email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be back uh, Monday morning, which is our normal time, 9 a.m. Central time. I know we didn't get to everything. We'll try to get to as much as we can tomorrow. We got um, plenty of stuff to discuss. Um, Team Blake for the win. Yeah, let's go oblique. Let's go. That's a bad chance. chance? That's a bad chance. Too many syllables. He's like you kind of stuttered on the syllable of oblique. It's not good. You need to come up with something better. Let me let me let me check in. Let me hear what's. Let me see what people are saying. If anybody has any good other oblique Seville (laughs) stats here. Uh, No, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a good one here. Someone said. Ah, man. ah, Usain Bolt went from 10.14 to 9.69 in five months. Remember who coached Usain, now coaches Oblique. Yep, yep, yep. Someone asked, which Blake are you referring to, Akeem or Johan? Yeah, you don't get both Blakes. You don't get two for one here. Akeem. Or Akeem. You, get, you only Akeem, get Akeem. the young one. Yeah. I'm not going – yeah. If Johan does, does the unthinkable, then yeah. yeah. All right. I might just we'll be like technically he's a Blake. So I might be <laughs> no, able to no, no, parlay no, both saying... onto my team. Yeah, and you don't get Jerome Blake from Canada either. You only get you only get the one. All right. Okay. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We will see you uh, Monday morning, 9 a.m. Talk to you then. Bye. And thanks, Colt.